take a break. What up, man? What up, Zach? <laughs> How's your day going today? It's going all right. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? Kay. Yes, I am ready. You're Let's jumpy. What's going on? What? Are you in the game? I'm in the game. All right. All right. You ready for this? I, so I, where I, are we at right now, Vince? <clears throat> where are we at? So today we are doing our episode in one of our local spots here in the heart of downtown McAllen, Texas. Uh, we're at Yerberia y Cultura, and uh, we're pretty excited because we've been uh, granted a little access to be able to do our podcast here today. <clears throat> and uh, we have uh, we have a couple, we have a guest with us today, David Alejandro, and uh, he's we're going to be chit-chatting with him today about get about the local music scene and food and Sunday art and, and Sunday fun day. Right, and technically, right? Sunday fun yeah, day. Yeah, so that's what today's is. Right on. So let's do it. Let's let's do our introduction, our podcast. Welcome right. to Two Cooks Without a Kitchen. This is Vince. I'm Zach. Uh, welcome to Two Cooks Without a Kitchen. This is a podcast about food and the food culture that exists around it. How it affects everybody from the people who come together to consume the food to the people that come together to cook it. And uh, all from a cook's perspective, and uh, with food on the grill, yeah, right. with food on the grill, and we're uh, actually cooking right now. This is a podcast about food and everything from not just the cook's perspective, the artist and musician's perspective, pretty much. Well, so, like Sundays were always kind of like that; those days that we wanted to get together. So, yeah, I yeah. just thought of it like the it was like the day party you can successfully have with your family and no one would ever complain and yeah that's sunday fun day you know you always you're gonna fire up the pit anyways right yeah right? for sure um well let's uh you you hey, david you want david you want to tell us a uh, uh tell us what yerberia cultura is and location and all that good stuff and a You've little been, bit about you uh yeah 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 uh, Yerberia Cultura is located, uh, it's on 613 South 17th Street, McAllen, 7501. It's the southmost bar on 17th. It's, uh, I'd say it's the alternative hub for artists to grow. It started off as a venue, kind of was the spot for a bar you can go to. Now it's grown from that. The art culture has grown. You have vendors that come out as locals every single time. Has gained a good loyalty of artists who like on any given night you can see an artist coming into paint which you just saw one just right. walk in right now finishing up a mural she's doing right you know like it's uh, almost like an incubator you're building the art scene you're building the artist scene yeah. you know I'm glad we well, I'm glad even, we're even I've been here so yeah well that's why I'm saying like you know yeah. as an artist yourself yeah. food uh, me throwing shows throw artists uh, right as far as anything of that sort I am I'm David Alejandro. I book uh, shows. I'm uh, what started as a backyard party ended up being a full-fledged production. Hopefully, one day soon, it's a, a you know local record label. Sweet. I'm putting bands out. You know that's my representative on that. Right on. I've been doing DIY booking for 15 years, on and off. You know. Sweet. So since we were teenagers. Right on. Um. You know, and 
a bunny productions right is that correct a bunny product a bunny product it was it was my way of doing production company name without having production in the name so a bunny product Mm -hmm. cool and a bunny product is just a long ongoing joke of me in a bunny suit (laughs) sweet (laughs) right on (laughs) so that's that's where the name came from yeah well that's where it kind of started but i've had a small obsession with the idea of a bunny since i was a kid okay like you know my first major idea of having a crush on a girl i gave her a you know, stuffed animal of a bunny. Oh, right on. You know, uh, there's a DJ that I used to connect with and do music booking. He was known as, he was a, actually, he was at Me, uh, Metropolis. Oh, yeah. Metropolis. Ooh, that's exactly, that's what I'm saying, Club X, right? <laughs> yeah, Club, Club X. X. And he would do the techno <laughs> night. Well, he was a part of the, he was a part of, I think he was known as the Black Rabbit. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, right on. you know, and then there was a guy who was a part of the art scene and he was the Brown Rabbit, you know? And that was his, his handle on it, and he managed the venue. So it's like a reoccurring thing, Please. like whether or not everybody knows it, y'all are tied in. Dude, I've had a kid stop me at Moonbeans and be like, dude, you're that guy in the bunny suit, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, actually, yeah. He's like, dude, I did a whole piece because they told me to pick an art piece. Yours was the only piece that wasn't bullshit. It was just you smoking a cigarette. Uh, He's like, and you were you know, on the 10th Street Bridge in the bunny suit. And he goes, you had to physically fake, you couldn't fake that. He's yeah, like, it was real. It was real. He's <clears> like, that's cool, man. He's like, so that's, the bunny, bunny man myth is like, yeah, it goes on forever. Right <laughs> on, man, that's, that's pretty that freaking cool. cool. Um, do you have, do you have an Instagram or do you have a Twitter or do you have a Facebook page? Yeah, everything I have is a bunny product. It's a bunny product or at a bunny product 956 is on Facebook. Right on. I'm a bunny product on Instagram. I don't believe in Twitter. Okay. You live. You live in the now. <laughs> you know, like if you already tweeted, it was. It was. It's in the past. You know? <laughs> like I live in the now. I, you know, we're trying to build something on social media, but you know, I try to specialize more than anything, like in all ages shows. Something I can bring my kiddo out to. Something, you know, I try to incorporate food more than anything else. Right on. Right on. And. Uh, so let's talk about the how you decided what made you decide to incorporate food into throw into the shows along with the rest of your vendors um, at first it was this idea of well well I, going to culinary school myself I wanted to have the idea of another another artist showcasing but more than anything you know like drunk people love food man uh, yeah. I mean, we have a plethora of like good food. Fest. Yeah, good food just coming in from local pop-up vendors, vegan yeah. vendors, Hero. you know, uh, you know, so unknown, Red yeah. Beard, yeah, unknown vendors. Yeah, right on. And yeah, which eventually spudded the beginning of Noodle Fest. Oh, sweet deal. The idea of Noodle Fest was supposed to have, you know, I I tried to specialize in progressive rock and roll, uh, alternative math rock. And what would be generally calling noodling on the guitar, right. well, we'll have four noodly bands and noodle fest with Yan. And then everybody was like, "Dude, so you're gonna have noodles?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course." And then, <laughs> then we realized that, oh, they're expecting a food festival with music. So, so we had a Motor Ramen had just released their food truck, and they're they had just started doing pop ups. They contacted me. Zach contacted me. Red Beard yeah. Inc. Right. Uh, Moss noodles you at know, that time. Moss noodles at the time. Right. He had just 
just just moved fresh down, right? Yeah, I had just moved back, and I was all noodle. Yeah, so he was he was requesting. Yeah. Oh, so you want noodles? This yeah. is everything yeah. I ever did. Yeah. This is what I wanted to do. I remember when he first he's like, "Hey, uh, would you want to do noodle fest?" I'm like, "Noodle fest? What are you talking about?" He's like, "We're gonna do noodles," and I'm like, "This and that," and we him and I had already gotten together, and we we had planned to do a couple of a handful of festivals that had fallen through because it just it, it didn't work out for us. Yeah, and we well, ha we already had the because I wanted to do Night of Lights originally, right? But it was too soon, and see, and I'm still I was still on the high of the end of the year. Yeah, you had just finished having touring bands coming through in the fall, mm -hmm. so everybody was hitting me up for shows in January, and I was like, well, I have this band, you know, yeah, out of Dallas wants to play. Let's give them a good show. Then Sweet. I ended up having to get two other noodle vendors to fill up the gaps because we realized. You know, I think it, if I wasn't mistaken, like there, there was like a thousand people going yeah. on Facebook, you know, and, and that's because I'm probably really shooting it low. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we almost we almost had yeah, sold had out. We almost out. we almost had sold out numbers. Yeah. And we were just goofing off <laughs> like we were taking seriously yeah. the booking of the place, the, the noodle vendors. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the reason like even Strange Noodles, our sound guy. He oh did, yeah, he did the faux. Yeah, he and did, I was he doing did, he did faux. and I was doing noodles by hand. Right for <laughs> for order. Stupid yeah, yeah, idea. Really stupid. <laughs> yeah, never so, doing it again. You know what I mean? Everybody came in with no ambition. Yeah, no previous thought. Uh -uh. And it kind of blew everybody out of the water. And, and then, like, well, the best part about Noodle Fest, and I'll say it openly. Mm -hmm is everybody who talks about it after it's done because everybody's excited and it already finished. Yeah. You have it, you're halfway through the year and we're still talking about Noodle Fest, right? Yeah, because you know, it's, last, it's a monster. Yeah, last, and then Dude, now we're in our I third had a year. Line, the first night, I had a line out the door. Yeah, the, okay. All, so, all so night long. So Noodle, Noodle Fest is now an annual thing. It yeah. now has its own Instagram page. Yeah. It oh, has yeah. its own Facebook page. It sure does. Because it's, it's definitely one of the four major festivals that I throw a year. Oh, yeah. But it also happens to be because you get the foodies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you get, I since being in an instrumental band myself, yeah. Grayson, I try to, nobody was booking bands for my style, so that's why I specialize in booking that style. Right. So I got my friends, you know, my peers, uh, out of town bands who always want to come through. <coughs> and then it built from nothing almost overnight everybody was wanting to be a part so, of it. So, oh, yeah. so and food food just happened to keep the drunk people here. Yeah. And we weren't trying to keep everybody drunk, but we were trying to keep people here. And entertained and food is right. part of the entertainment. I, I was gonna say and at the end of the day we all we all know anytime you have food at any sort of entertainment it's just gonna work. Right. So Noodle Fest began its first year a few years oh. back when I on third third year. Yeah. You know our third year going we, on our fourth. Yeah, going on our fourth next year. In January, yeah, and that's because what ended up having 275 people the first year <coughs> to mm -hmm. 325 the next year yeah. to 450 this past year. You know, we were almost shooting sold out numbers, but yeah. the crowd of people would come and go. Yeah. They would yeah. eat their food, then leave. leave. Eat their food and then leave. leave. They right. would stay and come in waves. Yeah. So it wasn't always yeah like 460 jam people here at all times. Oh, jam packed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it was awesome. good, but. You know, that's the the since it worked for food vendors, we threw in. Well, what do we have of other artisans? 
we had artisans that hit us up from Mexico. They wanted to be a part of my event because they had already seen. Right, I were had they supposed work to on. do the gummy noodles? And we're, like, well, we're working on something for September. Uh, that's why I'm like, we're working on something, you know. Yeah. But that's why I'm saying like, it's just one of those that <clears throat> what stem from and a great idea just it just evolved and yeah and and, and, that's a, and and now it's 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 a, almost the norm that everybody expects a noodle i mean sorry go. a food vendor yeah uh somebody ex oh what other food what other vendors do you have that day right mm -hmm. yeah. because people want to try food and it's it, not, it is well see and that was the thing you know that's bringing something different to yerberia at the yeah. time because it was just music. It was yeah. just a bar scene. You never well, now people are expecting to have food here. Right. Yeah. And you know, every Friday, Saturday night, having pop-ups because mm -hmm. they happen to have shows that so, coincide. So the, the, the shift from like, hey, music venue or hub is changing to like, you know, not just just a venue, musical venue, as more to, you know, an a place to an artist hub where anybody can come in at any time during the week. There right. doesn't need to be a show. Because there's always some type of local well, yeah. talent of course and, and it's a per, it's a pretty laid back joint you know it's you know they have the indoor stage and then they have the outside stage and it's pretty it's pretty rad i mean it's a it's a cool little spot well yeah and even even if you came to where it was before when it was oh. ambiente ambiente wasn't all like it was kind of like a reggae bar <coughs> in the past yeah then it became yerberia cultura well over the years it's become you know mm -hmm. It's cleaned but up the tech. Like, it's it's you know new paint on the walls, a new yeah. sound system inside. It's it's changed, stage but inside. yeah, not even that. It's it has a uh, stage inside now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's grown. Yeah, because I remember when it just was it, what, it was almost a half size. Right? Yeah, right. I was, remember there was a wall here. Was, the, this was supposed to be a studio, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a studio back in the day, mm -hmm. and that's because I knowing of the utilizing of space more than anything else. It's great to see the. It's great to see that things are still happening and changing. Right. You see new paint on the walls, new murals yeah. being painted. Being done. You know, uh, on, especially even on even yeah, uh, on the side in the back. You know, for years they had oh, that's right. the this mural uh, Manuel Zamudio. He he had a mural here for a long time. Over the course of time, it's yeah. aged. It's now been repainted. Now it, we have a new artist Uriel Landeros putting his wall and his art on the wall. So I mean. It's good to see that the artists have changed, but also grown with the venue. Right. It's something that I wasn't expecting to change over the course of years, right. but right. it's changed for the better. Well, like even like some of the stuff that I have now, like I have a cool napkin holder that was made by one of the artists that come here. You know, and, and it's cool, man, because not just like the music scene or the food scene, the, the it's evolved. The the location is evolving I mean, with music we, and from the art. To the promoters, the, the, the vintage promote, the vintage, vintage yeah, we vintage clothing. Jeez, those yeah. people are taking over the world. Yeah, <laughs> but dude, I mean, and for instance, look, check out these. Uh, there's these retro Jordan ones, right? Yeah. They're OG. They're they're beautiful. Well, they're worth a couple hundred bucks online. You get them on eBay. Well, I found them from a guy out in you know one of these vintage sellers who sells locally here, and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's like, gave me the price. I can't, you know, can't I can't, beat. I can't beat. It's local, but I mean, if I wanted to turn around, they'd be two, three hundred dollars yeah. online, and you're getting a great, a great deal, deal that somebody probably got a really good deal off of somebody else. You know, yeah. Yeah. And he's just passing it along to us. Yeah. I would have never expected that five, six years ago. Yeah, and yeah. now there's like six or seven, yeah. ten, eleven 
if you want to count all the valley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they have their own pop-up shops that are coming up all the time. And yeah, those are for sure. kind of getting the picks of the litter. And, and, and it's not just so, like, it's not so much just like the clothing vendors. There's also, there, there, there's, there's been a couple guys who or a couple individuals that come in and sell their art. And oh, display, Glassblower. And, Glassblower. And, and, oh, yeah, right. You yeah. know, he does. Artist. Yeah, Artists. that blows my mind that him. He's. I was picking his brain a little. He's like, yeah, man, I do my own. You know, my own glasswork, and. I, and he was actually blowing here. I, I'm pretty fascinated by anything that like you have to do with like your your hands and oh, stuff. Yeah. It's see, true I, craftsmanship. Mm -hmm. and I, it's pretty cool. It's it's wonderful. I it's good to see. I used to see him at the place out in Harlingen blowing glass, mm -hmm. uh, blowing glass, and. Now, just to see him grow in the course of three years, he was making glass beads. Now he's got full-fledged pipes. Now he's got full-fledged, you know, uh, he's making Places earrings and, and, and oh, making yeah? uh, uh, medallions, medallions for girls. Cool. You know, uh, jewelry. Him and his wife now blow glass. Yeah, I, they were doing cool. it the last time at the, uh, what was it? Nocturnal poli uh, Poliga? The Pulga. Pulga. <laughs> Zach can say so many things in Spanish as... You can attest to, from our previous episodes in our podcast. He can't say Piccadilly and he can't say Pulga, but he'll blab some hard-ass word in Spanish that nobody else can pronounce, and he'll effortlessly, and he can't pronounce Pulga. Pulga means flea market, y'all. The, the Pulguita, yeah. The Pulguita. Pulguita Nocturnal. It's a nighttime flea market that has, geez, took off. Yeah. We haven't even, I didn't expect for it to be. You can find 40 vendors in, in a night. <laughs> you know, but because they they sell everywhere else, it's kind of it's bizarre. Right. <laughs> it's, it blows my mind because I'm like, dude, I didn't even know half of these artists. And then uh, the, did you this can, stuff. You can get any. You can you can get from the vintage vintage clothing, the jewelry maker, the jewelry maker to so you know the soaps. Oh yeah. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's crazy. It's it's pretty crazy in it. I, 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 man, there was a girl selling crystals here the last time. Yeah. She was selling quartz. Oh yeah. And I was like. Gee, that's amazing. Why aren't we having more of that? You know, yeah. you can get your cards read. Yeah, on, oh, that's a, pretty on cool. any given nocturnal <laughs> pulguita. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's something different. I had never, I never would have thought of that. You know? Yeah, and, and, and I think uh, it's it's awesome because it's not something you hear about every day, and you know it. I always said, and just with food, like you have to take chances on on trying something new all the time, especially if it's being provided. If if somebody invites you to go along, just go along, try something different, uh, listen to different music, and taste different food, and just appreciate everything in general. Because life life is short, so. Well, I mean, the whole idea of changing the game, like yeah, I mean, I'm sure you all wouldn't have expected to have food vendors here a few years back, or. Even, you know, a, new, a Pulguita Nocturnal, you know, like all of that a few years ago would have been unheard of. Man, are you kidding me? We've had, I've had to take risks just getting a food vendor. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, getting, getting other vendors because people are expecting it now. Right. You know, what started, me selling coffee, for instance. Yeah, right. I've been me and my, me and my friends, what started off as a joke, like, oh, I make my own cold brew. And people liked it. And then they were like, we should sell this at the events. Well, then I would only bring enough for when the vendors. When you show up. All right. Well, well, hold on. I would bring it for the vendors whenever I was having a show. Right? Yeah. Well, now it's now people are requesting my pop up to sell coffee. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course, I didn't show up and for a couple. Have, do, I'm do, sorry. Do, that, yeah, do, that do you have a name for that for your coffee pop up? Or do you actually the coffee pop up is uh, Buttercup Coffee. 
But it's up cop. It's it's actually named after my dog. <laughs> it's it's well she dude it's it's kind of the one that tried to bite me or the, well, or the little one the the bigger one oh yeah, yeah the one that was like see, and, and it's funny because yeah Buttercup she's a she's a puppy she's a baby and uh, well no she's the only one who keeps me occupied like when I'm supposed to okay cold cold brew you know mm-hmm. ide- ideally cold brew is supposed to be twelve to twenty four hours right. yeah there's a twelve hour minimum like yeah you can have a driven percolator system that'll do them four but. 12 hours is about average that's that's kind of like the halfway mark that's what you that's what people recommend right. so at 5 a.m the only person and only thing keeping me company was my dog mm-hmm. i was making coffee because at 5 p.m i had to be straining out coffee yeah. to be selling coffee at the event that evening so yeah buttercup coffee is the only reason Sweet. why it exists <laughs> buttercup and uh, it's, a, it's not a link that's obviously a lengthy process is it more just a waiting game, or is it different? Does it take a well, long time to see? Stream? And that's what I was going to say. Like <clears throat> now, I've started to change not just local vendors and local organic coffees. I try to get everything Texas made, uh, but I've, I've now taken my own risks, roasting my own blends, uh, my on. own style, right on. Cool. taking my own risks. You know, oh, mm-hmm. I added honey to this one. I added chocolate to this one. Sweet. But just I because I'm trying, to, I'm trying to, yeah. Your butter pecan, or I mean, Texas, your pecan. Texas, Texas pecan. Yeah, is my Texas favorite. pecan is the tends to be the favorite. It's the local favorite. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. It's, it's, it's made delicious. in Austin. It's you know, it's all organic. I try to use anything. If it's not organic, I try not to use it. If it's not locally brewed, I don't. I don't. It's not roasted locally. Yeah. Even in Texas, I really don't want to use it. But it, just because I'm trying to bring the same quality, I bring it from home. I mean, dude, I have my own espresso machine at home. Yeah. 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 Y'all are getting high quality coffee because that's just. Right. What I like, yeah, you know, and that, yeah, like I, that's important. Just try to change the game. That's important, even like whether music in any in any part of the arts. Like, if you're gonna start off, you have to start with what you like and what you know. Otherwise, you know, you won't be able to have a starting baseline. Oh yeah, see, and don't don't let the name fool you, Buttercup. Dude, that's some strong ass coffee. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love the cold brew, but see, the only reason cold brew works. Is because cold brew, the way it smells, is the way it'll taste. Yeah. Yeah. When you're brewing coffee, it'll tend to be bitter. Now, when you're doing it cold brew, you're it's changing the chemistry. Right. It's a different kind of process. So it's it's almost like extracting. So you're taking out all the roast. So if it's a dark roast, you're gonna taste more chocolate, more velvet. Yeah. You know, you're gonna taste you know the long process of being brewed, being roasted. Well, the only reason that works is because. You're not having acidity. You're not steeping it. You're taking it out of the coffee, so you're, it doesn't upset your stomach. Yeah. Because there's not, it's not all acidy. You know, it's, it's, it makes a big difference. You know, so I try to something that's not going to upset my stomach, but I want a good cup of coffee first thing in the morning. Yeah. So cold brew started because oh, I need a stronger cup of coffee, but I don't want to have you know make a cup of coffee in my coffee maker. Right. I want something. I was spending $12 at Starbucks for a cold brew, and I was like, you know you can make that yourself? <laughs> and, <then laughs> and, some, that's and, that, like, and that's when I like, wait, what? And that's, well, because if Sugar Cube hadn't started and he showed me his percolator system, the yeah. whole works of it, yeah. if I hadn't seen that, I would have never thought I could brew it myself. You know, uh, when you say that, it upsets your, like, that, that's why I avoided coffee for such a long time. Oh, yeah. And I, because, man, it gave me massive heartburn. And it, oh, it, it, man, it messed with dude, me. It, makes, but I love it, it makes you go, you know? And I love it. And I'm not talking, you know, uh, forward, <laughs> you know, to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's the reason why I think cold brew works for a lot of people that 
I try to bring a cup of coffee that's different because I also know it works for me. I know people who don't drink coffee, like yeah. you said. Yeah. You didn't drink it because it upsets your stomach. Yeah. I mean, that's also the reason why I use, you know, uh, I use a coconut almond creamer. Yeah. So I don't use, the it's lactose. all vegan. Yeah. It's gluten free. Uh, there's no lactose in it. It's not going to upset your stomach. Right. So you're already giving them something that they've probably never, never experienced. experienced. And then I do, you know, uh, my own version of a cold brew latte with a hint of vanilla, and it works out really good. Uh, people who don't know anything about coffee, if they've tried it afterwards, they like it. They like it. You know, it's... we had an event Fourth of July, remember? Right. Yeah. And. Uh, so I made my cold brew latte, Texas pecan, and I did it the chocolate, basically my dark, my dark roast. Well, that cold brew latte was great because everybody who didn't, who couldn't have a latte before, now could now could because they've now tried something completely different, something that kind of changed the game. But more than anything else, it was something different that they liked. Right, man, and it it, it can be pretty intimidating, like going to the big to to going to the big coffee shops and and like throw in what you want and you you kind of taken all of that out and you've simplified it and it's and some people are intimidated by going to places like starbucks and be, oh yeah and you you know you may not that they're not approachable but you know they all these different terms they don't understand yeah, there's when you go to starbucks you're gonna you can order 40 things off a menu right i'm gonna give you four mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna give you some cold brew a cold brew latte I might have a second choice of cold brew, yeah. But just because that's my specialty, right? And then I sell espresso. Right. Espresso is very simple. Two dollars yeah. a shot. It's Everybody loves it. But more than anything else, it gives a little nice jolt of energy. It that's does. not of energy drink. It's not going to upset your stomach the same way. It's not going to throw your kidneys into overdrive because yeah. it's coffee. Yeah. Right. Like that's something that I realized. I knew I had a passion for it, but yeah. I didn't realize I was good at it until someone else told me I was good. Yeah, man. And and you know. That, that always seems to be the case, man, whether myself or at least with cooking, like you don't you don't trust yourself or you're like, no, I'm not good enough or I don't want to do it. And you know, the, sometimes not necessarily the self-doubt, but just a little bit of the hesitant, the hesitance to move forward comes more from with, from with us than and somebody else comes over and gives you the little nudge and lets you know, hey man, wake up because it's better than you think. See, and you know it's a good idea when someone else takes it. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I mean, not no, no bullshit. I mean, we've come up with a good, a few good ideas. We, we started Noodle Fest, and and then like everybody wanted to do noodles. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I made I I for instance, I, I made headroom with a friend of mine. He does local roasting. I hit him up. I said, I'm making. Hey, I'm making cold brew. A few weeks later, I didn't talk to him, and now he's making his own cold brew <coughs> of his own roast at home, offering it, you know, yeah. by the court. And it's wonderful, but dude, that was my idea. You know, <laughs> more than anything, you know, it's a good idea right. when hey. someone else takes it, black and white. You know. You know, we Zach and I went through something like that. We're not going to mention any names or anything, but at some no, point, see, that's why I didn't mention any names. At some point, Zach and I got together, and we, uh, you know, he wanted to do the whole noodle thing, and I was like, well, let's do noodles, but let's do it a different way. So we're sitting there drinking. Somebody else shows up, and you know, he decides. To, Zach's a giver, and he's like hippie, peace and love, and sharing, and so am I. But you know, he but but he doesn't see it. He doesn't see it from a business aspect. Like, hey, I want to make money on this, so he wants to tell everybody because he wants everybody to get enthused about it. He wants everybody enthusiastic about it. But he's it, his it, best hype man. And, and and in the process, 
he's giving out ideas that are still in the process and the works and then boom boom they started popping up all over the place and I'm like Zach I was so upset but I got over it and I think the biggest thing the biggest joke that he did was he posted on Instagram and then someone some bigger restaurant in Dallas liked it and boom the before you know it they're doing and they're bringing big big barbecue names from Austin up to Dallas to do a ramen night and I was like what and there was like more like that specific chef liked it and I was like maybe it wasn't necessarily our idea or so maybe it was already there but it's like dude that that was that was three and a half years four years almost yeah see okay perfect <clears throat> and, and I was just like I want to choke you like <laughs> this is you know so now we have an idea like I keep a lid on it because oh well let's see check this out like for instance noodle fest for instance right what spawned as tend to be a, a good idea yeah. has now spawned off something different. You know, yeah. we have grass fed. Yeah. Grass fed oh, is yeah. a taco festival. That's where you bring in your ja- <coughs> Japanese bands. Yeah, we were bringing Japanese bands. Sweet. We try to make it, uh, kind of make it an exclusive event for Texas artists. But you're featuring Texas artists. But more than anything, you're bringing a new culture to your own culture. Yeah, hell yeah. But at the same time, like that's the reason why Noodle Fest will soon be on the road. Right. right. We're working on getting Noodle Fest Dallas, Noodle Sweet. Fest San Antonio. Budapest Austin, right. but also not just bringing, not just bringing the music with it, but bringing two or three vendors with it. With, with us, you know, the what traveling, I mean? like the traveling, the traveling circus. You know, yeah, that's that, that's okay. cool, man. You know, it's Van's Warp Tour, but this is our Van's Warp Tour. This yeah. is our this is our good idea. It's gonna be great. And see, like, what. I mean, I can't take all the credit for Noodle Fest because Matt Salinas, Matt Salinas has been there from the beginning. Yeah. He was the idea of, oh, we should make Noodle Fest, haha, yeah. and it was a, kind of a joke. Yeah. And then we ran with it, and, <laughs> and, and, and that was, you know, Matt, uh, you know, he's been promoting himself, but you know, mm-hmm. Matt's a musician. He sticks to being a musician, so yeah. he's in a few other bands himself. But I mean, Noodle Fest. Mm-hmm. He's still at every show of ours. He's right. still making sure that the back doors were being run. He also has what, yeah. what's his clothing or his yeah. He does vintage clothing himself. That's like, cool, man. He's keeping every like you can't just do one thing, right? Like that's the reason why I think Noodle Fest can work. San Antonio, Noodle right. Fest Houston, Noodle Fest Dallas. I mean, they're doing like, a taco yeah, competition it, up in Dallas. You know, well, even if you're doing it. a ramen night in Dallas, yeah. Well, this is Noodle Fest. This <clears> is yeah. a completely different beast. Right. This is a different demon. Right. Our demon's way different from anything you've ever fucking yeah. touched. It's, oh, yeah. And that's the thing. You're just giving something of, that everybody wants. Yeah. And I didn't realize that we were we were on fire until other people from other areas were wanting to come to come down. Yeah. Right. I was being contacted from bands. Can I play Noodle Fest? Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Let me, started as, you know, small ideas. Got, mm, let me ask you about how do you go about, like, getting, like, bands from, like, the Japanese bands? Like how do you go bands from Spain or, or how do you go about that? Like is that something that you just do straight up Instagram or do they reach out to you? Though well, a lot of that started it was kinda like a joke. <laughs> and I say that like well, cause you know, you can you're only as serious as everybody takes you. Yeah. So what did I know? I knew San Antonio bands, I knew Austin bands. Playing in uh, playing in Austin, you know, I played with a few bands that toured regularly. Yeah. They had good referrals. Well, they wanted to play in Austin. I would get them. I would put them in contact with someone to play in Austin. You know, having a baby coming down, I had those contacts. So I took yeah. those contacts, built up everything that I've ever known about throwing a show, and kind of made my own DIY booking agency. What kind of? Okay, I do a, a graffiti festival called the uh, Rock the Block. Okay. It's an annual graffiti festival. 
with with uh, Sino, which is uh, Michael. He's a fantastic artist. Yeah. He took his idea and we ran with it. I just helped promote his show, and now it's a whole different beast, and it's a full hip hop showcase. But right. from something that stemmed from the idea of that, took on a whole new realm, you know. Yeah, and it evolved. And well, yeah, and so I knew I started booking San Antonio bands back down in you know McAllen. Yeah. Well, then I hooked up my Houston bands. Well. I found out my contact from San Antonio, who happens to work Limelight, uh, mm-hmm. Rob Mokin. Rob Mokin was the <coughs> kind of the tour manager for yeah. everybody who was coming in from Japan. Oh, sure. And uh, an Austin local, or, well, he was out in Beaumont, I believe, and yeah. he moved over to Tokyo after living in Austin for a few years. He moved to Japan, so he kind of started, well, we started the Technics connection of having you know, these San Antonio, Texas bands coming into McAllen yeah. has now grown international because I was wanting to work with these Japanese bands and I just bugged Rob, hey, how do I get this band to come to McAllen? We, me, and, me and Matt were already throwing the Tex-Mex Math Festival here at Yerberia and I just hit him up. I was like, do Shakura Shock from, oh, yeah, you know, it was a two-piece, you know, really nice. Uh, Real nice instrumental band for the most part. They were garage rock, but they had every element of post rock, you know, and they were super loud and it was one guitarist and a drummer. Mm, The guy played out of a couple of amps, it was huge, it was hot. But they were playing with hikes and I had already booked hikes, so when I knew it was Rob giving giving the okay of this Japanese band, I was like, dude, give me a Mm. shot. That's cool, man. So what started as I just had full trust in myself they sold out of merch this first day they were on tour with us. Oh shit! We had to get they had to get more merch printed in the valley <laughs> because they were gonna run out on the next day, That's on the next couple know. of days, and they still had three or four days. That's cool. plus another show in Harlingen. I was trying to get them to go multiple ways in the valley. Wow, man, that's that's awesome, and that's 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 badass. Main because they sold out of merch. But also but great, they had a great experience. Also, yeah. also because they had to go to local, local print shops and yeah, uh, and it supports our community. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to say Phil from Liquid Press. Oh yeah, uh, Phil Basavello. He's if I you ever if with, you I ever, actually used to work with him on film back in perfect. the day. Dude, I was going to say I'm like he's, he's he wears a lot of hats himself. Yeah. So I mean, you ever need anything locally printed, dude? He's the best guy. He's going to get you you know the best deal on everything. He's a great, great worth work ethic. He's very punk rock about it. You know, he's always gonna help out. Yeah. Well, he got them everything they needed to be shipped. You know, to the next stop. Ah, oh, that's funny. So, what ended up being a really good experience for one ended up being the Japanese waves that came in. Oh yeah. shit! I had he David David Isaac from uh, Dead Fox. He's the one out in Japan. Yeah. Uh, he's the one. He, sta- he stayed at a friend. He stayed. Uh, he, he's Rob's friend. Yeah. And one time I broke salsa. At this other at this other venue, and they they loved it. They had a great time. Well, I put on the big boy shorts, and I just asked. He represented this band called Trico, which is an all-girl Japanese band. Uh-huh. And, oh, that was a great. Show. And yeah, which eventually ended up being grass-fed too. Mm-hmm. You know, That's what cool, I man. wanted in my head as a four or five-year plan yeah. kind of fell on my lap, and I just asked, "Hey, I'm I I more than anything, I want to have this band play McCallum because it's going to be pinnacle <laughs> to where." we need to be for our future right and it worked yes that's awesome grass fed 2 started you know what yeah. ended up being as a small festival ended up you know having more than 325 people show up cool tell me a little bit about grass fed i know that it's 
you know, it's like, oh, do you do that once a year? It's a once a year in summer. It's a taco festival, but it, yeah, it's just supporting Texas musicians more right than on. anything. I mean, yeah, we just did it. T A M I W played, you know, in June. It's mm -hmm. a festival that happens at the beginning of summer to kick off summer. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've had a Japanese band play every year, and more than anything, I think it's going to be great to see where it goes for the future. You know, right on. Silhouette of the Nude was uh, the third band we brought from Japan. Yeah. They're wanting. They're already wanting to come back. Uh oh, in. they were great. They're already wanting to come back in November. There's a uh, Salasa's already wanting to come back again. Mm -hmm. We can't get them into the states long enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they always want to come back, and mm -hmm. and they love the ramen. Yeah. They have, oh yeah. They they love they ramen really more than anything else. Yeah. 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 Did they tried yours. They tried uh, motor ramen. Yeah. They, everything. They're like everything of how you do it is completely different from how he does it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, that's what the actually the singer and guitarist, the songwriter, mm -hmm. he. That's what he he does. He is a blogger for ramen in Japan. Oh That's shit! That's all he does. Oh. He's trying to convince me to do Noodle Fest Japan. Oh, dude! Oh. That was, but the, the idea of that is. I need to have to make sure I have a... He needs to come down here for the next Noodle Fest. Well, that's what we're working on. Uh, so see where he can come for our Noodle Fest. Mm -hmm. Then we can push him to see, can we actually do this in Noodle yeah. Fest? I, would, I have to I go mean, on that one. I'm we, sorry. We, we, would, right? we would have noodles. to, but more than anything else, it's... <laughs> the idea is, page. if we can do it, why the fuck not? Yeah, it, yeah, you know, who, that, who wouldn't want to go be in Japan and <laughs> whatever? We got to get wouldn't want to sponsor us. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Really? <laughs> representing McAllen, Texas. Hell yeah, no man, that, that'd be that, cool. That's, that's I mean, that's, the idea is there more than anything. I think we found our Vans Warped Tour, yeah. I think we found something that is way bigger than us. But I also know, yeah. like, if we didn't like, take the risk on food, if we didn't take the risk on vendors, right. or or Man, if the venue hadn't given us a chance to even sell food, we wouldn't have even known. No, yeah. 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 We, we have a whole new beast on our hands. Yeah. You know? it, it, it's a monster, and, and it keeps growing. Like, there's not a bit of year that I've done Noodle Fest that I haven't, like, grown each time. This this year you had you had a, we had Andrew Chen from oh, yeah. Monkey King Noodle Company do uh, fresh noodles fresh noodles like hand pulled noodles was, right in front of everybody doing, uh, and everybody was amazed I know everybody it, 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 <laughs> it looks great on film it, it's crazy it it's crazy because I saw him and I was like cool I, I've only seen hand pulled noodles like on video and when I was in Chicago I went to this little noodle shop in Chinatown and he, he was he's going Korean, at right? it what no he's Chinese he, he's Chinese okay. oh you see I'm like there's I was like, it's very specific. Like, no, yeah. no, it's it's he, he was. Sorry. Yeah, he yeah, was going. Chinese. He was going at it, and I was watching. Uh, you know, I'm in this restaurant with my brother, and I'm watching this guy pull noodles, and man, he's going at it. And it's it, he's going at it, going at it, going at it. And, I was, and then when I saw him here do it, I was like, oh, I was blown away. I was like, holy no. shit! It well, was cool. Well, they won't teach me. Well, I mean, that's that's also what I'm saying. Like, uh, changing the game. We took a risk on doing it. Uh, you you contacted him. He wanted to do it. Yeah. Noodle Fest is definitely something that we want to continue to build, but Hell yeah. dude, it's like I said, dude, we can't control the beast. Yeah. We're, we're just trying to hold hold the reins we're just, while it goes. We're just along yeah, for the if, ride. If you are a food vendor for Noodle Fest, focus on uh, prepped noodles yeah. ahead of time. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, that's say. yeah. The first the first year that we did Noodle Fest, and oh. he was like, "Scrap, man, we." Zach and I went about I it. I broke two pasta machines that night. When, when we, I, I was going to say, you, you were cutting them fresh. Oh, yeah. And when you broke we, two cutters the same day. When yeah, we first started, 
Zach was like, let's do noodles. I was like, okay. And we came up with a process and we were practicing and stuff. And we, we were just kind of, we just kind of took, we just kind of put the blinders on and we had a couple, we had a friend of ours uh, who checked us and she was like, you're doing this wrong and this and this. And so we were, we were approaching the noodle aspect for like, uh, kind of like just like making, because there's, it's a glue, it's a eggless pot, it's a vegan noodle. So, you yeah, know, it's just flour, water, and katsui powder. You know, and so salt. we were approaching it and it's a lot tougher. It's a lot tougher to fucking work it because it's, I mean, he almost broke, busted his, his, uh, kitchen and his little prop mixer because trying to make those go balls we were we, we had to like hand mix it it was, yeah, it it was brutal seems better i mean it, i mean you're talking like 40 minutes just kneading for like a little three or four pound ball i mean that and just need it your i guess i didn't see it from that perspective no you did not you, well you, i mean i i helped with with uh, strange wait. noodles the first year because we did we did rice, but yeah. I mean, you can't make fresh rice noodles. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know what I mean. Can, like, but it's a harder process. It's a it's a it's very a lengthy process. Yeah. Yeah. we focused on stock. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like our stock was where it was at. Well, yeah. see, that's what I also focused on was stock and noodles. Those are the two things I wanted to. We had this Filipino guy come in and said, "Did he loved our noodles? Dude, he bought four bowls of noodle." And he's uh, like, had, your phone noodles are the way. Well, pho. Your pho <laughs> noodles was are say, are oh. a are exactly the way I picture it in the mainland. Right. And yeah. I was I laughed because I was like, dude, we're just a bunch of Mexicans, you know, right. like making food. <clears throat> I had just to line out we, the just, door. But just because I we, had we knew the flavor, but that's it. But you know what, man? That that's that's like a reoccurring thing, you know, even in high end restaurants and you know, Anthony it, Bourdain Anthony it, Bourdain it, talks it, about it. I think it's it. more the home cook. And really. a bunch of other chefs talk about it like you have you have French, you have Mexican, bunch of Mexican and Ecuadorian, Central American cooks making French food, Asian food, <laughs> and everybody's, you know, we were, dude, some of the best Chino Latino people. Yeah, and I it was know. it was crazy, man, because we were we're in Illinois, and they're like, well, well, why why do y'all have Mexicans making Chinese food? That makes no sense. I'm like, because the Asian community isn't big, and you know that's how. I mean, the small, the few Chinese restaurants. I mean. They teach them, and they 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 they're a quick study, and they go from there, and they learn, and then they move on to other places. So, you know, yeah. If, you, if, if there's not a Mexican not in my Chinese restaurant, I won't cook. The if food. you, I, if, I, I, won't, I won't eat, eat the food. food. And people, if it's not Chino Latino, I don't want. And people think like, well, it's French or it's Italian. I'm like, you know, or Tex-Mex Asian. You know, dude, Tex-Mex food north of San Antonio. Well, even in San Antonio. Uh, it's not real Tex-Mex food. No, it, it's it, made it, by an Ecuadorian, uh, some guy from Honduras, you know, know Uruguay. Dude, what's, what's but it, but it's dude, it's not Mexican. You know, and, and the, the, their tortillas aren't even real. Let me tell, <laughs> let me tell you that right now. <laughs> okay. Their tortillas are not real. Because okay. we're gonna, we're, if we're talking about food. So, yeah. All right, guys. The tortilla, so, the tortilla is where it's at. Yeah. And, the, the, and, and, and we, and we part, it's because your tortilla sucks. And, and we said we talked about that in our taco in, episode, episode. Uh, one twelve. You know, Which, oh, dude, we should the, do another the, taco the episode. The taco episode, and, you know, and I told, and I've always told Zach, I'm like, if you go, if you go to Mexico and you eat tacos, it, you know, the the tortillas are fresh from the tortilleria. Yeah. You don't buy them in packages, or, and so the a fresh tortilla. They're not in a brown paper bag. <laughs> it's it's different. It's otro pinche it's otro pinche rollo. The, the, pinche the, rollo the store ones work for what I have to do. You know, does that you're make, American. But it's the, okay. But does <laughs> it, does that make sense? And I just it blows yeah. your mind because 
a tortilla and salsa. The filler is important, but if you got, if you got, if you have a generic filler, but bomb salsa and tortillas, yeah, you're good. You're good. Fire. The, then that's what why? that's, that's what, why my yeah my salsas are awesome and that's why I was uh, you know and any anybody any Mexican worth their salt will tell you taquerias la tortilla y la salsa and it doesn't matter if you're feeding you know the new the new wage group of people or or the raza you know pica las salsas tamo las tortillas y con todo and I bet when I was in Illinois <clears throat> living in Illinois we I went into this little restaurant and. You know, I've told the story before. I went in, and there was a there's a couple in front of me, and they were ordering tacos. But it was taco t it was Taco Tuesday, so a dollar a taco, right? And they're like, well, the options were tripa, barbacoa, carnitas, bistec, trompo. They they kept it, and so it's like tripa, and you know they were white folks, right? And when that when she was telling them with everything, she's like, would you like everything? And she's like, yes. Cheese, lettuce, sour cream, and sour cream, and, and I was like, "Whoa, what?" I was like, "And tomatoes," and I was just like, just, "What just, what just fucking happened?" And so she sat down, and I, and I went up, and I was like, "I want tacos de una orden de tripa," and she she talked to me in Spanish. She's like, "Con todo, me con todo," and sabe cilantro. I was like, "Yes." Grilled onions, yes. And I was like, "How come you didn't offer me guac and sour cream?" The lettuce, tomato. She looks. She kind of like gave me a stinker. And she's like, "If that's what you want, I'll give it to you." I'm like, "But we can't. We cater to both, uh, or both, both our communities, the Latino community, and, and our everybody else, because you know." And they're like, "We want a hard taco. We want a hard shell taco." Everybody, that's so, what they see as a taco is that hard Taco Bell. Dude, and I was mind blown, and, and that place was so packed. I was just like, "Whoa." It blew my mind, but you know they didn't lose the opportunity to cater to, to that. That was really smart, catering to everybody, not just one demographic of people. Like the the whole they're they're if trying. You if you don't like grilled onions and cilantro on a you taco, know, on a taco, you shouldn't be ordering a taco. <laughs> I mean, David, I'm, thank you. I mean, Finally. I'm just saying, like. That's not even talking as Hispanic. This is. I'm, just, I'm just saying. In general, I know you like, like your stage. I mean. Unless you're seven years old, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have your taco plain and dry. Ah, some people are purists, man. They want to taste no, the protein. No, no, well, because dude, I mean, dude. Well, that's you know, how, I'm sorry, that's it, how it, Rick it, loves it, the taco. Even the other kid, I mean, the kids outside, you know, I'm sure they like salsa. Yeah. If it's not, if it's not picoso, no, I'm sure I, they I don't mind the salsa. You know? Most of my like repeat customers, they always come back for the hot salsa. The smoked salsa, that's what they go for. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> the salsa. See? Yeah. And that's the, it's in, yeah, it's usually see, either verde or, or smoked see, salsa. See, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, I love the verde. Yeah. I, I mean, if it's salsa verde, I'll try it. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be and, and made I, with habanero, and I probably would still try it. Right. But right. just because it's salsa verde. And that's because yeah. you haven't even jumped into, like, making the salsa crudas yet. Oh, yeah, wow. I know. You know, once you start doing salsa crudas with, like, man... That's a whole change, other. Yeah, you say you're changing your game. Changing that's, my game. That's changing your game. Which that's what oh, I mean. You know, maybe that's what I need to do well, to see, take over to that taco. See, but that's also but that's also another thing too. If if you're bringing down the science mm -hmm. of why ta taco restaurants work in the valley, yeah. we won't mention this famous taco restaurant because everybody goes. It's mm -hmm. 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. All the cool kids go. Hell yeah. Anyways, you, most people already know where it is. Yeah. But they have a salsa bar. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could offer a salsa bar at any given taco night, oh you my have, god, you're ready and sold. Yeah, and it's I know, know, and have chips. You, just have have chips. you don't even have to have chips. Just offer a salsa bar because they have salsa. Because food. because it could be with cucumbers. Yes. It could be with pickled onions. Yeah. It could be, you know what I mean? Like they have a it's red, a, red uh, cabbage wok. with with picadillo yeah, or yeah. Uh, you know, you have Pico your smoked salsas, you yeah. know what I mean? You have fresh jalapenos. You have the avocado sauce. You know, uh, chile torreado. You, that's, yeah. that's the salsa bar. Yeah. You know, I and, mean, and that's, yeah. I mean, and do they offer ranch dressing? Like, yes, they do. <laughs> do for some, some <laughs> folks. But it's the truth. In, in the area, still want, you know, ranch dressing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure why you would need ranch dressing on your taco, but, you know, more than anything else, it, it I works. I think because they make a salad basically out of the salsa bar. Well, see, that's exactly that's, what they do. That's the, what they go for. They go for the salsa bar. <laughs> They're not going because of the taco. Mm-hmm. The taco's good. Yeah. The taco's great. But I'm talking like, dude, what sells you is the salsa <laughs> bar. You know, the Japanese people Wait, love the salsa bar. do I need bar. to do this? What, oh, they Japanese. they love the Wait, salsa I, and they love water burger too. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. my god. The, <laughs> What's his, uh, the guy? Uh, I forget his name. Uh, you know, well, you know him, but he was complaining because they always wanted to go to water burger one time for like a whole week, I guess, or something like that. There's <laughs> nothing what they wanted to eat was water burger. That's all they wanted to eat. See, and and it's funny that like most of the internationals, uh, I'll say like the Japanese people, mm-hmm. they love they love American beef. Because yeah. if you if you've never been in Japan, mm-hmm. you get Australian beef. Yeah. Australian beef meets different regulations than American you beef. The USDA. The, yeah, the USDA. You can have a <laughs> fatty cow, and yeah. it would be delicious. Hell yeah! But over there, if it doesn't meet the lean, yeah, the highest quality of lean meat, yeah, you you can't sell it. Yeah. So all their stuff is in a fatty. When they have a ribeye steak, there's no fat on it. Yeah. It's the most lean. That, Australian uh, beef you've ever had. That's disappointing. Yeah. So when they come to the states, they'll have beef, burgers, all you know, long. big steaks all day long, and it's you're not spending you know forty dollars on a steak. You spend shit. You want a good quality steak? You spend twenty dollars, and they're like, I'm I'm buying two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But because they were like, dude, this beef is completely different. Yeah. You know, yeah they'll, sure. they'll take one here, one to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, dude. Yeah. There was a. The bass player of you know somewhat of the nude, uh, he bought beef every chance he got, mm-hmm. you know, and he he these huge slabs of beef because he's like you can't get this in Japan. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, and and the best steaks, you know. Oh, let me get red eyes, and he's yeah. like, no grass head. <laughs> no <laughs> grass head. You know what I mean? No <laughs> Angus. You know. What yeah, I mean? he like, was like, he's getting the best quality beef. You know what right. I mean? But because. They don't have it. They don't have that. You know, and I didn't know it was a big deal. And then they were amazed by our dollar taco, taquería <coughs> tacos. Hell yeah. Two dollar loans. So they're like, we love Texas. Drink much. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's because yeah. they, 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 they haven't been to Mexico in like... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, they're just... They'd be they'd be blown all over. They're in Mexico, like, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> they're, not even, they're not even south of the true border, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they're not even you know, I used to joke that what do you book Mexico Texas well because that was the joke you know what I mean like when they say South Texas oh you mean Corpus San Antonio oh, yeah, dude, San Antonio, and I'm like Austin? no <clears throat> I hit it I've said it here plenty of times we're in we're in the truth in the true heart of South Texas the Rio Grande Valley I, I don't you know oh you're in San Antonio you're in Corpus I'm like no I was like they might as well be saying we're in purgatory bro you know and, and the, you know what I mean? Like the only people really dealing with the border wall issue is us. 
but you know we're not going to talk about that no, i'm just mean, saying in general like the reality like <clears throat> dude yeah no doubt about it we are in the butt crack right that we're there of texas Right. You know what I mean? Like, if Texas were to fart, we <laughs> would all get shit on. <laughs> We'd all get shit on. Yep. Right? But it's kind of, the, that's the thing. Like, we're in Mexico, Texas. We're 10 miles north of the Mexico border, and everybody and nobody knows where we are. Dude. Right. They know where, exactly where South Padre is. Yeah. yeah. They even know where McAllen is. But they're like, how far south is that? Dude, I live, like, two minute, two, honestly, like, three and a half minute drive from, from the International Bridge. Like, and I mean, I lived even closer. Uh, I, when I was going to high school, when they were building the Far International Bridge, I mean, literally, I mean, you could, you can see the stupid bridge from the, from the Colonia where I lived. It, it's right there off military. I mean, it, it would take you longer, it would take you longer to, I used to joke, get dressed and go to get, to get there. I know people who were like, dude, I'm, I live so close, I could spit on Mexico. You know, and it's yeah. and it's not a joke, it is a but joke. it's like, dude, we're so fucking close. <clears throat> you know, right. even but from it takes, some people, it takes five minutes to get to Mexico. Yeah, and and that's what I was gonna say. I'm like, I live in far off the expressway. That's I didn't realize that, that was the beginning of the of, of that's the beginning of the expressway for the country. Yeah, two eighty one. Yeah, like in theory, in theory, quote unquote, it's the beginning of the expressway. Right. Well, yeah, the reason they did it is because we had an international border. Yeah, we were getting international trade. Headed north, and we, they needed the expressway to do it, dude. And it, it's crazy. Like once, I, you, yeah, we have our own port. I could leave my house and go south yeah. seven minutes with lights and still be in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's no joke. Yeah, there's a reason our salsa is good. Yeah, there's a reason <laughs> we there's tacos a, are so good. Yeah, well, I mean, we're taught by the best. I yeah. mean, there's a reason why Mexico has won the taste test of you know the culinary challenge. Yeah. They won for, uh, gold, silver, and bronze, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, we've, we've, the food is amazing. The fact that we've cooked with things that most people don't realize we could even cook with. You know, and that, that's... That's why when people were talking about, oh, cooking jackfruit, the vegetarians, and I'm like, dude, people in Mexico have been cooking jackfruit for fucking hundreds of years. You of know, course you know that. Waffles. You know, waffles is a big I had like, a, issue with some people. Like, I had this one, this one kid that worked that I, where I used to work, and his parents own a Mexican restaurant here, and his dad's from Puebla. And this kid's like, I want to do Italian cooking. I want to do French cooking. I want to, he was good. I was like, I'm like, your parents own a Mexican restaurant? He's like, my dad's from Puebla. I'm like, do you know how many, how many chefs now, like, want to be able to get their hands on, a, on an authentic recipe, Poblano recipe? And your dad has all these five, six different recipes that are, that are his, that authentic. are authentic, that have been passed down through generations. I'm like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I promise, I promise you, if you tell anybody in Austin to come down and, and learn this stuff from your dad, they're gonna come and spend the time from your dad. You're getting it for free. Yeah. I'm like, you need to go record, write, document everything because it's it's not, you know, that's not something that everybody has at their disposal. You're very fortunate to be able to have that, like jump on it because even if you don't use it now, it's good to have in your repertoire. Well, of course, yeah. Because mole, mole is one of those things that now it's starting to come up and people people are asking for See, it. I didn't realize mole was like a thing. Mm-hmm. I hated it growing up. Really? I still don't even really like it. I? No, it's good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But 
the way my grandmother makes it, I didn't realize that was a special thing. It is, dude. And then people were like, dude, your grandmother's mullet is so bomb. And I I had no idea. And I'm like, grandma? What? What? That's like grandma cooking. But but in my head, you know, she was like, she's still the woman who has fresh beans on the fucking pot every single day. She's making fresh tortillas, even if it's six a day. It's because she's still making fresh tortillas. It's a different mentality, man. And and it was, that's how they're used to. That's how they're used to cooking, man. And I mean, that's how my grandma is too, man. She'll be like, even if she makes two tortillas for herself, whether it's mas, it's the, fresh. It's fresh. She's like, she'll have like a little dough bowl and she'll like cover it, but and then she'll see, like everybody, everybody grew it, up on that. Yeah, and I so, had a dough bowl. So I didn't, I didn't know that she'll was break a big it up deal. and then she'll yeah. like Until she'll like press it and extend it right. and it's like not a big deal. But now, now I'm actually starting to do that. I keep a dough. Now I'm starting to keep a dough ball of flour. Because people keep asking me for flour tortillas. You know, it's one of those, it's one of those deals, man. It's just something that they do. It's they just they they were always prepared. Mm-hmm. It was always prepared, and that's well, why. Prepared. Well, I oh, mean, no, they always wanted to feed you, though. See, that's why yeah. when you came you came in, they're like, "Oh, you look hungry. Let me feed you." Yeah, of course. I mean, dude, down to the traditions of having menudo mm-hmm. at the weddings. And God forbid you yeah. tell them no. At oh the end God. of the night, yeah. you're having you menudo. menudo. Why? Because you're crudo. Yeah. You're drunk already. Yeah. <laughs> you can't leave. Eat, mijo. Right. Right. Uh, I don't even think my grandmother likes, you know, the stomach. You know, she doesn't even like tripa. She'd probably yeah. have rather have pozole. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, menudo's still there. Yeah. Most of my, my family doesn't even eat pork, and there's still a, some sort of menudo. Right. Yeah. A, you know, a pozole with chicken. Yeah. Or or pork. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, that's yeah, but see, there, there's always, and then you get into like, is it with cabbage or was it with lettuce? Or right. Is it with... Depending on what style and yeah. how, what part of Mexico you were you, from uh, and how you were raised. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, I didn't realize it was a big deal so, until like somebody was showing me Matamoros style tacos, and then I was like, well, what about the guys from Monterrey? They're not cooking like that. No. And they're like, and how even, can you tell? Even like, the resto oh, well, has its we own now, style. We we can tell, yeah. but most people can't. Yeah, most people can't. You know, I didn't realize that was a good trait to know. Dude, and it, because, <laughs> because it's You're like, no, I'm from far. <laughs> it's like, uh, that's like knowing Spanish and growing up bilingual. Like, even though you don't, if you don't speak Spanish, like if somebody says something in Spanish, you've heard that, you you, you have some you concept. It. You have some concept. If someone offers you a chile torreado and you have no idea, you Boom. say no. You okay. say no, thank you. <laughs> you know, dude, that thing will blow a hole in your ass. Espe- especially if they tell you, oh, está bien sabrosa la salsa. Oh. <laughs> see, see, yeah. all three of us were like, yeah, you're like, yeah. Give me a uh, regular. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if you take some, like, oh, no pica. No pica, no pica nada. No pica nada. Just drop a couple, drop a couple of drops. Don't lie to you when they say Because your ass is going to be on fire. Yeah, yeah, but see. All of this is good knowledge that did that wasn't valuable. We didn't know that food culture here was so rich, right? Yeah. I mean, if any of y'all have ever lived anywhere else, you yeah. know it's rich. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh it's it super is. Rich. I lived in Austin, and I'm laughing because like, and shit. So I knew some white girls who could make some bomb ass tortillas, but because they chose to right. make, make it, it, choose to learn more than anything else. Like, yeah, dude, like they were changing the game with the uh, torteria game, but. They didn't know. They were from the east side making it for themselves. Yeah. They yeah. weren't making it for anybody, anybody else. else. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why a bunch of shitty restaurants in San Antonio, <laughs> Corpus, <laughs> Austin exist. Shit. Even yeah. even the good even the good taquerias in Austin don't have good tortillas. 
Truche. But because they, but they because they don't know they don't know any better. They don't. I it's think I they, think yeah I think because our our we're so rich in the knowledge of knowing we can now tell the difference. Right. Oh, yeah. You know like when somebody first tells you an HEB tortilla oh it's it's good and then you're like you've already had good tortillas your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. So when somebody tells you that's a good tortilla you're like dude who brought you up? Right. Yeah. Who it, raised yeah. you? It's a good alternative if you, nobody's gonna make it. Yeah. You know? If you don't have anyone to make it, yeah. It's better than having the the pla- you know, the plastic open in a plastic bag because they make that stuff there. It's not as good as mom's, but I'd rather take that over right. something plastic. Yeah, I agree. But it's just one of those, like, yeah. if you never knew, you'd be blind for the rest of your life. Yeah. You I know, know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, I hear you. When people, dude, for instance, just the weather. Think about it here. Like, oh, we, we have 100 degree weather here, and we're like, like oh, it's no big deal. And then somebody even says it up there up north. It says some bullshit like, oh, you know, it's 90 degrees. He's up here. It's so hot. It's so, yeah, it's hot. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, somebody told me that their their son was in Alaska and they had a heat wave and it was 90 degrees and they were freaking out, you know. In Alaska, they don't have ACs. <laughs> it, it's not necessary. Not even yeah. in California. See, okay, it, it makes sense. Yeah, it's mainly cold there. Colorado, like, I don't think they know what an air conditioner is. Yeah, I mean, it's completely different. You know, uh, people are freaking out with this whole weather thing. You know, like, but we're normal to it. Yeah, yeah. We're just more aware. We're tropical people, I guess. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Even- <laughs> that that's crazy because, you know, when the time that I spent like in. In Wyoming and even in Illinois, like it was, it was nice weather. I mean, going out in the morning and it's like forty degrees in the morning, and you, it's, you, you know, you're good. You can wear like a jacket, but by noon, I mean, we're working outside, and you take off the jacket and mm-hmm. you're good, and, and you start sweating, and you're like, boop, jacket comes off, and you're like, you're golden. And you don't realize you don't realize it, and even my brother when. When I when I went to Washington, to Seattle with him, <clears throat> and you know, a few months back it was fucking raining. It was raining and it was like forty degrees and people are like riding their bikes and, <laughs> and like muscle shirts and like little short and running. And I was like, this is nuts, because I'm over here trying not to get wet. I mean, mm-hmm. but these people are running and well, what? Like even when I was up in Colorado, like people <laughs> people were like, damn, it's so hot and it was like eighty degrees. And I'm like, wait, what? The knowledge we learn from here. <laughs> you, you know, and it, 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 blows, it blows my mind. But you, 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 spend, you spend a certain amount of time there, and then yeah. you become accustomed to it. I think I, like, through the whole summer, I wore a hoodie all the, every day. Because it claims for it, calls for it, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, to people, it's just everybody's different I guess I mean yeah. people that complain about heat in other places and then like out. what it snows like once in a blue moon here in the valley when when the planets align <laughs> you know it rains and, it rains. Rains. and then when they align again it snows and then, and then it's like nope. cold. <laughs> it's cold and then it's like 70 degrees the next day and you're like fuck <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, that's that's the the knowledge you learn from the Rio Grande Valley. Mm-hmm. 
it's all you know, and they say Texas or Texas in general. Well, we just have hot and hot. What I well, I, hot. I'm tired of hearing is like when I say that we we live in a desert, and everyone says no, we don't live in a desert, we live in a valley. I was like, no, it's a desert. It's because no. we're it's because we're so flat. Yeah, there is yeah. yeah, there is no change. There is nothing different. <clears throat> so, I mean, but we do have some cool stuff here. Like, mm-hmm. is it, I, I, you know. There's always cool stuff to do here in the valley, and you know, it, it, you know, to be able to do things, you know, whether it's it doesn't necessarily need to be on a Sunday or on a Friday or Saturday, but you know, we have a lot of historical places where you can go and spend the day. You know, you go, you can go during the week. You can go downtown, and it's there's all it's kinds of stuff thing. going there. I've always wanted to just wander in there because I know you can get lost in yeah. just looking at everything. It's mm-hmm. they've got everything from like people like plate the people that sell plates, plates. restaurant wear, beauty supplies, all kinds, of, uh, all stuff. kinds of stuff, and it's like it's little Mexico. E- every everything for your quinceanera. Yeah, in one in one like a one stop shop. Yeah. yeah, it's like fuck. What are your invitations? Get your centerpieces. Yeah. Get your tablecloth. Get your dress. And, and nobody realizes <laughs> that. Shop next door. Yeah. And the, yeah. Ha- and the haircut. And, and and that's the thing, man. I was like, oh, I don't have it, but somebody down there has it too. Can help you with that. And that they they throw business each other's way, because everybody's trying to make make it, and because it's hard. It, it's hard. It's hard mm-hmm. to make in, to make any business thrive and go, you know. But if you don't have that open communication and, and, you know, goodwill towards each other and be the camaraderie, then it's hard. You know, it's hard for anybody to thrive, you know. And, you know, I've talked to people. They're not always accepting here sometimes, but, you know, uh, you you work hard at it and that's okay. Yeah. Right. You know, we have a lot of cool stuff. You know, everybody's like, well, where do you, where do you, where are you from? I'm like, from South Texas. I was like, you know where South Padre Island is? And everybody's like, oh, yeah, South Padre's a shit. And I'm like, yeah, man, but there's more here. You know, we have cool stuff. Like, there's uh, Santa Ana Wildlife Refuge. Like, oh, it, yeah. It's Sol del Rey. Sol del Rey. We have a very historical border wall being built. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, there sure actually, is. Actually, yeah, I mean. It, one already exists. <laughs> it, it's been it's, it's been up for years, and yeah. people, you know, I I I saw this uh, like short clip of the documentary, and and this rant, this landowner was pissed off. He's like, he's like, they're taking away my land so somebody in Dubuque, Iowa, can sleep, can can have sleep at night. And he's like, they're taking acres and acres of my land, and that's my money, and I don't get paid for it. Right, and you know. It's just like it's a false the, sense the of security. Har- the harsh reality of it. Yeah. All, yeah, people are losing their people are losing property that were handed down from generations to generations. Some most of it's historic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, <clears throat> I used to have to go clean those those historic if you, markers. If you come down from like Progreso, if you if you go to Progreso and you're coming down Old Military Highway, like. I thought the wall was going to be further back. No. No, it's like right there. Like in, there's like a levee. It's like right there. And I was like, God yeah. dang it. That looks so unsightly because everything's green, green. And there's like open space. And it's like a big brown fucking wall. And you're like, well, you know, I, you know what I love though? I mean, I love the fact that you can't keep Mexico out. You can't. <laughs> like, we that's, and that's why I'm saying like Mexico, Texas makes perfect sense. You know, yeah. like. The food, jeez, I mean, yeah. dude, 
we can go on and on about our favorite right. our favorite taco. Yeah. Where's our favorite restaurant? Where's your favorite local joint? Right. You know, I know there's a place by your house that you probably go to. Right. A taqueria or a torteria. Panaderia. I was going to say a panaderia. A yeah. snack shop. Or oh, yeah. A raspa. A raspa. A raspa stand. You know. They're just everywhere. They're just, you know, and you know, your favorite drive through and, and I was like, you're, you know, drive through I'm like, yeah, man, drive throughs are big here. You know, they got them from the hay, the bikini girls walking in summer, yeah. like, spread, you know, walking around. So you pull up to a drive through and there's lines, and they're walking around and like, oh, what do you want? And they bring you your stuff out. <laughs> and and bikini. You're and like, add a six-pack of beer. Add a six-pack <laughs> of beer. And most guys are like, here's a tip. And I was like, I know that that's, you know, that objectifies women in some, you know, in, in a bad way, but, you know. Sex sells. It, it, unfortunately, that's how it is. And man, if someone's bringing me beer, I'm gonna tip them, male or female. Mm-hmm. Shit, if the dog brought me and I could feed it, I would. <laughs> you know what you I mean? You know what I mean? Like that—that's the harsh reality. If anybody brought me a beer, my chamoyada, uh, mama, my you know my uh, gummy noodles with chamoy and you know trechas and you know. I want to uh, do that for Noodle Fest. It, it's crazy, man, because that's that's the dessert. Right now. Just because people don't realize that that there's there's a lot to do. I was talking to somebody, a friend of mine, and she she told me, "Well, there's nothing to do here. It's boring." I'm like, "Do you like going to live shows? Do you like going to bars and like live music? There's plenty of places to go. Like, do you like trying different? Do you like trying different beers? Do you like craft beers? Do you like do you to- go dancing?" Do you go dancing? Do you know? Do you like? I mean, there's plenty of places to go. I think most people are just don't know where to go. They yeah. haven't been exposed to everything here. And and, and that's you know that's kind of you know we we're you know this podcast we talk about food, but we also talk about art, music, and other things that go on, and you know the importance of the of the local culture because we are local in here in the Rio Grande Valley and. We, we want people to know, hey, if you're into art and you don't want to feel, you, maybe you don't want to go to a museum. Maybe you don't want to go to the museum and they have great uh, gr- great stuff in the museum. But, hey, we have the local, the local hub, you know, places like Yerberia where there's, where there's art all over the place. You know, there's people, there's artists that, that paint the murals and, and sell their art and sell their art and, you know, the the midnight pulgita or the night pulgita, pulgita nocturna you know that's that's cool stuff people don't realize that there's that kind of stuff going on i mean yeah you can go to the beach see my thing is most people don't utilize the valley like if someone asked me what my favorite taco stand was a year ago it would have been you know this place out in brownsville mr yeah. taco and yeah. then people don't like that place but i'm like dude that was my jam back in the day yeah and now, like, shit, down the street, Alicia, you know, like, literally, it's blocks away. But because their tortillas are so fucking bomb. You know? <laughs> and, and that... Dude, they have, they have a, they have a synchronizada challenge. Uh, <laughs> dude, it's like, I think if the guy said it correctly, it's like five pounds of meat, cheese, and beans. Dude, really? And then the tortilla weighs two pounds. You know, that's seven pounds of food. 
That's insane. That's 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 to feed a family. There was a. <laughs> and you're supposed to eat it by yourself. There was well, a, if if you eat it, you you win the challenge. But <coughs> how long do you have? I think you have an hour, forty five minutes. Forty five minutes. That's crazy. That's but a lot of food. Dude, seven fucking pounds of food is ridiculous. I don't care what you yeah. eat. Like <laughs> only I have to fast for a couple only, of days. Only in the valley will you be able to do that. You know, <laughs> man, that's that's fucking bonkers. That's a lot of food, dude. But the tortillas are so killed. Like, mm-hmm. like the the corn the corn is the def- definite. Like, you have to get it. But dude, the flour is so it's so it's so fresh. You know it just it just got a little. You gotta smell. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Yeah, like I love that Westaco has good restaurants, good places. They have a museum. Brownsville has the zoo. My mom helped set that up. You know, right. and that's the Cold by Culture Museum, and, yeah. and that's crazy because Westaco does have a lot of a lot of cool places, a yeah, lot of restaurants. Do. You know, I used to run, I used to do the theater that they like would do shows and all kinds of events the, there. There's a place in Westaco, and uh, it's called Casa de Mariscos, and you go there and like you can order a botana or mari tierra for two, and you literally feed four people every time. Like it could be my brother, my me and my brother, my mom and his kids, and we'll order. You will order for four, feed and, six, and, and you, I mean, he's got my brother has three kids and his wife, myself, and like we bring, we split it, and yeah. then like you take half and half, and it's like way it's too a, much food. It's it's way too much food for an affordable pri- for the price. It's great, and yeah. it's not like bloke. It's good quality food, and and you know sometimes you're stepped on cash, and you're like, oh well, you know, you go there and you get a plate, and it might be twelve dollars. You know, for two people, that's already twenty-four bucks. But you know, it, it. You know, and then the tip, or maybe if you have more people. But if you have four people for twenty-four bucks, you can feed four people instead of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And and it's it's fucking delicious. And right. right across the street from there, there's like the other. There's rasta stands and there's burger stands and there's all kinds See, of places. I, did, I I didn't know that was a thing that like. Oh, raspas. We grew up on it, but mm-hmm. like that's cultural. I didn't know that. Yeah. It, it is frozen, yeah. frozen, frozen ice with syrup in it. Just you know, and, uh, yeah, and it started off with what fruits, fruit. probably in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, you know, and, uh, and they and trying to stay cool. Like I, I have a, I have well, a couple, it probably started with like frescas and yeah, then evolved right. into a raspa. I have yeah. a couple of friends who who lived in Maui and and one still lives in Maui, and she'll talk about, you know, oh shave ice, bro. We gotta go have the shave ice. Yo, the shave the shave ice is good. It, it you know they say broke it the mouth like that's like. And I was like, when she tells you the prices, like everything in the islands is expensive. I mean, I was blown away. You know, she tells me, oh, people make this much money. And you're like, holy crap, that's badass. But then rent and the cost of living is so high, right? And people don't realize that. You know, when she told. When she told me what a gallon of milk cost, I I was like, whoa, you know, and the, you know, you're lucky to get it for like nine, ten bucks, you know. And I was like, geez. And then, you know, you I talked to people. I used to have an employee who used to work uh, at one of the restaurants where I worked while I was wor- living in Arkansas. And he was from Anchorage, and he's like, yeah, man, and stuff can get expensive. And then they started doing all these Alaska shows and. The little villages and stuff is stuff's like crazy expensive, and you know stuff we take for granted here, 
And even in California, we don't have to. I mean, you go to California, the, the gas is ridiculously expensive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My brother was like, it's fun doing the scenic drive, but through California, it's scary. Yeah. Because you know, he has a big vehicle, and it's like you load it up with gas, and it's like, geez. You know, you know why people drive Priuses and four banger, and four, and four banger vehicles like four cylinders and the electrical cars because, I mean, shit's serious. It's yeah. expensive, but yeah, no, here it's not. Well, see, and that's the thing, like uh, cultural. I think I think like me and my girlfriend we share a car, but I mean, like it's a very affordable car. You fill it up with gas, it lasts a while, and I said, but it gets it everywhere, everywhere we need to go. You know? Yeah. It's, I love the cost of living here, dude. Yeah. Like the what in Austin, it's ridiculous. You know, I had a two-bedroom spec apartment for seven fifty, and dude, I got my car broken in. It was ridiculous. Anyways, <laughs> and uh, here, I mean, my mortgage is that price. You know, like yeah. yeah, like a little, well, a little more, but obviously, you know what I mean. Like yeah. my mortgage, like that's crazy. Like this is a big, a, a big, bigger, way bigger place. You know? Yeah. That makes sense, man. It, it, and so that's that's the reason why I'm like, I can have good food for cheap. You know, good food is not always expensive. No, you know, and in in I don't know, I don't know I don't know how to say it, but I think having you can find good food anywhere. It's just having to be able to go to the right people in the right places. And not being scared to take a chance, you know, right? Because some people, some some folks are scared to go to the different places, and they want to go to more like the more not necessarily the hole in the walls. And thanks to the internet, you know, and social media, like Yelp and Yelp <laughs> and all these little and all these little places that were like selling gorditas and tacos, like, and they maybe didn't sell so much. Now it's like booming, not because they're doing it. Because somebody, somebody that went there took somebody else, and boom, boom, we blew up. Yeah, you know it's it's crazy. And what uh, Grubhub, Uber Eats, or Uber Eats? Yeah, now you can sit at home, watch Netflix, nice. and <laughs> wait for your food to get there. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. But it's you, a it's a great day to be alive, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, on the same token, that's great. That's a good thing. But you know, going to these some of these little hole in the wall places. It's, it's an experience and it's something that, yeah, dude. that if you having the food is good, but being in the moment and having it there is great. It's like listening to, to live music and somebody on, uh, on, on, on vinyl on, or a CD or an MP3. It's like, if you listen, say you listen to somebody play live music, totally different. And it's a, you know, it's an experience going to a concert as yeah. opposed to, you know, but that's yeah, everything done. No, everything's done at home. Well, I mean, dude, the some of the best hole in the walls. Dude, I, I love that there's this little hole in the wall place in Brownsville. I wish I could remember the name. Uh, yeah, it, dude, it's I think like seats twelve. Yeah. And it only and all the tables are only on one side of the wall because it's just the hallway. Yeah. Uh, you know, and whatever, it's great, but geez, it's. If you didn't know where that place was, you would miss it. Yeah. You know, and you're like, you know, I used but to the be best burgers. Yeah. I used burgers. to be able to think. I used to, Classy burgers. You know, you know, I heard somebody say like, trending, 
Trendy means temporary. Classic means forever. And it's a lot of these little holes in the wall, they're like classic stuff. And you're like, how do you make a living if you're not jam-packed? And, you know, and then one day you go in during lunch and they're just like packed to the max. Like Maria's in downtown? Mm -hmm. It's packed during the day and it's not even open. And you're like, fuck, how did that happen? I'm like, how do you make your money? I'm like, there's like nothing. I'm like, yeah, we closed at seven. I'm like, how do you make money? You know, because especially for Zach and I and yourself too, Zach, because yeah, you worked in restaurants too. We all like worked late. You know, we worked late and worked for, the night shift. You know, we worked the PM shifts, and it's like when you get your ass handed to you. And then I'm like, I see places like that. I want that. I want to be fucking home by eight o'clock. I want to be home by seven or eight. If I get there at at six in the morning or eight in the morning and get cooking, and I'll be done by five. And by seven, boom, boom, be ready at home. I want that, you know. And I don't want to be. Dude, I can't go to my favorite restaurant down the street. That's the reason why the place changed because Rosita's mm-hmm. changed their hours. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they closed at three. So I, unless I'm going there for lunch on Saturday, I can't get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I didn't know they were doing so well that they could do that. You know, and that's when you start. That they already have like their their group of people clientele. and their, their clientele, and they're like good enough to where I can park it and live and live. And that's what that's what that's that's being smart. You know, when they it, it sucks in the aspect for like you because you can't go there, but it's smart business because they keeps them in demand and people are damn I want to go there, but they close so early. I gotta find the time. The so to go. so when you go. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna enjoy yourself, and, and you know, if you're, if you're a social media guru, boom, boom, you're gonna start posting, and you're, you know, you share your your favorite spots with everybody or your friends. Go here, but you know, it's only a certain time, a certain time. So just go and. There's so many places that know, are great, but they're only open, you know, till three or four. You know, and once you do that, I mean. But they open up early too, you know. You could go before work. Yeah, <laughs> but we don't want to wake up early. Exactly. None of us do. You know, but I that, barely want to wake up before twelve. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool there's a lot of good culture, and uh, places to go and things to do here in the valley. You just have to be able to look. Look, and sometimes it's as easy as going to like you know. There's all kinds of festivals going on and. You know, and I'm like, oh, well, I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, you know, the first, I think it's like the the second Friday of every month or something. They do the art walk in McAllen from a certain time to a certain time. Oh, the first Friday of the month. A month, yeah. Art walk in McAllen. And, you know. Last Friday of the month in Harlingen. You know, and there, there's stuff to do and there's, there's small, there's small. We're working on Sunday fun day. You know. Yeah, that'll be fun. People do different, there's different stuff things to do you know and we just have to be able to sometimes it's it's being lazy and not being you know we have all the information at our fingertips and people uh, don't want to google stuff yeah i was you say google can tell you what to do <laughs> yeah uh, uh, if you didn't know what to do you could google me anything near me and google events, will tell you and google will tell you, tell you. If you you can put 24 hour joints you know uh you know and they'll 
the local spots plus the IHOPs and everything else will show and up. And it'll show up and you're like, jeez, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I hear that a lot. I didn't know they were having an event today. I was like, what do you mean? Like, How did you know about this? You know, yeah. and like, oh, somebody invited me. And, you know, so sometimes that's that's how that's I didn't. The referral. The, ref, the good old referral. That's, Dude, that's the only way. The only way I started booking, period, was because of a referral. I liked bands, and somebody referred somebody. Well, that person told somebody else, and I told somebody else, and they told somebody else. And then that band, somebody likes their band, and they're like, oh, we played a great date in Callan. Well, that band turned to five more bands. You know? Yeah. Setting it up different times of the year. Or somebody's looking for a specific date. Oh, I have a friend who's looking for a date here. Yeah, and at, at the, the way it works is crazy. That, you know, so I think sometimes there's there's good artists out there, like musicians and, and in, that, that are out there, and then there's, there's some, some some just don't know how how to go about it. I mean, I uh, I think I've heard I've heard one or two of them. Were you there that night when we all had to leave the inside stage at your? No, there's this one artist. It just like it was just noise and not like. Anything you could like, you it hurt to like walk in. Oh no, it was inaudible. Yeah, Awful. it just hurt. Like all of us had to like go outside. How do you turn somebody down? Mm, like, you know? I know that's why. Like, how do you say no to the to bands, especially? Dude, well, man, I, I not even that. I have to think of the night, mm-hmm. the mood, but more than importantly, I have to think of like. Is everybody going to enjoy themselves? Yeah. If our kids going to feel okay? Yeah. Our kids going to be all right? Because there's going to be three or four underage kids, but they're kind of the reason everybody goes to shows. Yeah. Yeah. For them to experience something new. Yeah. I was that kid as a child, you know. So more than anything, like I'm trying to recreate that that nostalgia, that 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 nostalgia, that environment, you know. Because who does, you know? We 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 talked about that too. It's you know, when it makes you feel comfortable, when it hits you and you're like, man, it takes you back, you're good. You know, everybody... You're taking it, yeah, you're taking that little piece of moment. Yeah. Yeah, like somebody told well, me... Well, it's just like how we talk about food as memories. Yeah, yeah. a perfect example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like somebody told me that, like, oh, music means a lot to a lot of people because uh, you can connect it to a memory. But then, they're like, you show a kid, you know, music. Well, now that they know this one good band they've now are searching for the same five friends and bands right. well now they've right. exposed this band to five of their friends and the five of their friends yeah you and know. it spreads like wildfire because a kid is going to show then go to the next grade and go to the next grade yeah. and go to the next grade like Emiliano you know he loves Daft Punk mm-hmm. you know for he would they were his favorite band for like two weeks <laughs> you know but you know I can't imagine where he'll be Next year, imagine mm-hmm. all his friends he tells about the Daft Punk, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a whole new generation. And you have, you know, a whole lifetime of music to learn, and you right. only just touch the spec. Yeah. I still always find it funny how we always think about like when we're gonna be old, and we're like, let me put something on. What is that? Uh, 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 Nick Swartzen talks about that. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> let me put them on. And it's like here, death metal. Here, here's the thing. Cardi B. Cardi B. <laughs> here, here's something that. This is old bottoms. Here, here's something that. I make money move. That, <laughs> that an old band director told 
my high school band director told told us in general the whole band you know because we're doing uh, we're doing like we're marching band we're doing Beethoven's Fifth Symphony and you're just like oh that's weird and we don't like classical music and he's like listen he's like you you don't have to like a certain type of music but you have to sit and give a little forethought because you know it's hard to put that kind of stuff to put a that kind of music on that scale put it together is difficult much less when you're you know when you're deaf and we were like so what does it have to do and then we're playing the music and you're like imagine doing all everything you played but you didn't you couldn't hear like how would you, you just feel? felt it you just felt it and you're just like he kind of mind fucked us you know and it's like wake the fuck up he's like approach everything you do approach it as that just because you don't like it it doesn't mean that it didn't take somebody a long time to be able to put that together and it if you don't like it respect the respect the process and the work and the effort that somebody put into it yeah, well, because, it's the same too. because you don't you don't you don't know and i that's kind of the way that i see a lot of things as an adult now and like you know do, do do i like a lot of do i like a lot of different genres of music yeah i listen to everything i don't think that there's anything that i you know that I like, oh, this is my, f I mean, there is stuff that I like, my favorites, you know, favorites, but, you know, if you, if I listen to something really alternative or emo, I'm like, eh, not necessarily my cup of tea all the time, but, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm like, that I, respect it. that I don't mm -hmm. respect it because I know that kind of stuff takes a lot of work and dedication and maybe it's effortless for the person to do it, but, you know, maybe that person's talented. You know the same thing with with work or with artwork or anything else. It's like just because it's not your cup of tea doesn't mean that it's it's something that you should disregard and be cultured. Like I like a lot. I like a lot of older stuff now as an adult. I like a lot of Ella Fitzgerald, Miles Davis. Oh yeah. You know yeah. I like a lot of I, I, timeless I classics. I was gonna say I realize timeless is what you're, I'm looking for. Yeah, because like I may not always listen to Biggie. Yeah, I, but I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of it while I can. You know, yeah. Yeah. I may not always listen to Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I, you know, like, but I, I still love America. And, 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 <laughs> yeah, man, you'd be surprised, like, how I'm how referring to America the band. How some, how some <laughs> of these American are, How some of these, you know, new artists like they'll take they'll, they'll listen to music, timeless music, and they'll borrow from it. And you play it now, and they're like, "Oh, this is so and so," and like, "No, that's." that's borrowed from this or that and that's you know and but kids today don't or people today don't, don't realize that because if you don't have put i mean when i say you don't have culture you're not you haven't opened your horizon to listen to other different type of stuff so you're ignorant of that like well it's the same when someone says they don't like indian food when they've never even tried it yeah and there's a lot of similarities between flavors and well i mean yeah everything was Everything was brought to you by the Spanish, you know what I mean? The tortilla, all that stuff. You know, so... It, well, it's, well, even, well the, even the spice... Well, no, actually, the tortilla was pretty much brought by Lebanese. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. the, everybody... Oh, the flour. Corn was already probably there, going by the, I think by the that, Aztec. I think the only thing that's, like, native to Mer uh, Mex uh, the Mexico is, like, corn and aguacate and something. There's a third product that is, like... Mesquite. That is, that is made. <laughs> you know... No, it, that's us. <laughs> and and it, we have so much mosquitoes. Yeah, it's and, just everywhere. 
So but you know we're losing that land now. They're turning it up to make housing for more people to we're come. We're the biggest and fastest metropolitan area in the country. You know, and all the old farms are now not old farms. So everybody yeah. that says there's nothing to do, nothing to do, there's always plenty to do, places to go. You don't necessarily need to go to the trendy places. There's plenty of historic places, timeless places, historical places to go and visit. Yeah. And, you know. But we like Arab. You know, just hitting them up and seeing different different aspects of the, of the local culture and artists and music and, and food. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, food, food is already a given in it. Yeah. We're so rich, dude. You can get, you can get fed a hundred different ways in one mile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're about food. That's, that's we love it. what our culture is like. It's a Sunday, Sunday fun day was basically a get together with the family, and you barbecued and ate. You ate until you you were full. You ate until you almost fell asleep. Yeah, and then you fell asleep. And then you fell asleep. And then and you you were, got up and ate again. Yeah, so. There's there's a lot there's a lot that goes with that, but you know we just have to be able to open ourselves and take a little chance. You know, take a chance on different music, different art, artists, different food. It's sometimes you know we talk, you never know what's going to be popular. You, we, we you know we it's okay to jump out the com- your comfort zone sometimes. And sometimes if somebody drags you along or something. I'll be open, open to it because you never know. You might do, find your next best thing. Right? Do the the whole yes uh, program. Say, Say yes, yes to, to it. everything. Yeah. You know, I mean. Can you help me with this? Yes. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> Want to go see this movie? Yes. yes. So it, it, you you know you open yourself up to, to uh, diver, uh, the diverse uh, cultures. Exper- cultures and experience and experiences. Mm-hmm. You get to see little different subcultures of, of other, you know, there are, cultures, I guess. When, yeah, the culture down here is growing. You know, pe- people people are weird creatures sometimes. They're, you know, they don't, they, they don't want it. They want good stuff, but they don't want to experience. They don't want to try anything different. And sometimes they, you need to be nudged and pushed and... Nudge in that way, like, hey man, try this. I'm all about the nudging. You know, you mm-hmm. give them the old nudge, and especially with your friends, and oh, I don't eat this. I'm like, well, you fucking are today. I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this, and I'm like, just try it. If you don't like it, then that's okay. Oh, I'm allergic. I'm like, I'm allergic to shellfish, and I try all kinds of shellfish. Shit. <laughs> yeah, like I just, said, when we go to Japan, you better bring a shit ton of epipens. Just because it's. It's, you know, like, you can't miss out on something like that. Oh, Japan food. Right? That would be it's so all, fun. It always looks so good in what, the pictures. What if we could, yeah, I really think you should do that Noodle Fest in Japan. Well, the idea of it is amazing, so let's just hope for the best. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to be one of those traveling, de- or restaurants with you. Traveling noodle food. vendors. Right on. That, 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 that'd, be, that'd be super cool. Hell yeah. All right. All right. Um... Yeah, man. Um, go ahead and shout out your where to find you, Dave. Where to find Dave if you wanna, or if you're a local musician, or you wanna know where, where's, where, where the, the party's at, party's at, or you know where. <laughs> right? Come on, David. That's kind of like what, what 
uh, promoting the little bit about it's setting up a party. Technically speaking, you are very correct. You know, you want to know about, about creating the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, party's good. Yeah. You know, but, I, but I'm always not up for a party. <laughs> you know, and, if, and, and maybe, you know, you're a good focal point because you do know a lot of vendors that do it, a lot of, a, a lot of different vendors from... You know, vintage clothing to red beard walking kitchen to, to all kinds of stuff to people who musicians, artists, you know, painters, sculptures, yeah, <laughs> craftsmen that do. I mean, that do everything. And you know, maybe some people don't know where to where to look, but you know, you you can always. Yeah, well, I try to stay as active as I can on Instagram. You can give me on my handle of a bunny product. It's a guy painting, but that's me. Um, I play in a math rock band, uh, instrumental math rock band called Grayson. It's Grayson underscore band 956. And if you are interested in anything Noodle Fest, Noodle Fest 956 is the handle. And uh, you can catch all our handles on Facebook as well. I'm David Alejandro. Yeah. yeah. Right on. And... Uh, <clears throat> Go, you can also, you can find your, your look up Yerberie Cultura on Instagram. They have an Instagram, is that correct? Yeah, Yerberie does. And, and a Facebook. Yeah, they're uh, Yerberie Cultura, all one word on Instagram. Uh, same thing with Facebook. Sweet. And uh, go ahead and, you know, go to that page, give them a like, go to a bunny product. and. Thank you for having us there to, or this, this week. Like and follow him on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, make sure to follow us at uh, at our Instagram at Two Cooks Without a Kitchen, and our Twitter is uh, at Cooks Without a Kitchen, and our Facebook too. We have a Facebook page. Go and hit the like and follow button at Two Cooks Without a Kitchen, and uh, we'll be posting stuff. You also can find us. Uh our catering service at uh, Redbeard Walking Kitchen, right? Uh, Nine five six for Instagram. Same for our Twitter. Also, uh, what Redbeard Incorporated One on our Facebook page. Yeah, and uh, and most importantly, if you all have any questions, comments, concerns, or you just want to say hello, uh, again, hit us up on any of our social media platforms. Uh, Instagram at to cooks without a kitchen and our Twitter at cooks without a kitchen and uh, we just want to want to thank David and uh, Rick and Frank for having us here at Yerberia Cultura and uh, thank you David for taking the time and sitting down and talking about music and how you got into it and the promoting and just uh, bringing us a whole lot of information you know Man, I'm ready to start telling more stories Sweet. You invite us to the next How's your chicken? The chicken will be out in just oh, a second. Okay. I was Sweet. just making sure we don't forget about it. No, no, no. And uh, just remember, uh, it's all, it's always, always, you know, be open to try new experiences, having uh, uh, new, new experiences and new challenges. I guess if you want to look at it like that, um, and. Uh, once again, uh, thank you for, for all our listeners for tuning in. And uh, stay hungry, be happy, and always be ready to eat. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out.